Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. For fast, non-drowsy hay fever relief, shop Telfast at Chemist Warehouse. 70 capsules for $39.99. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. for breakfast Monday 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 the 11th of July and wow what a weekend it was on the field and off the field particularly in my household anyway Kempe you're up north brother how are you doing well morena morena is here man it's uh you've been a wet weekend up here in Kirikiri um and Yep, a sad night on Saturday night with the All Blacks going down to the Irish. Uh, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm out here stuck on my own, mate, so I don't have to have to deal with it. But we're going to deal with it today, is he? I know we've yes. been talking about it this morning. I'm looking forward to it, mate. And uh, yeah, just getting to the bottom of what we think uh, the All Blacks need to do to to get back on the winning winning train. It's going to be a tough one. Yeah, huge show, mate. Huge show, no doubt. Our listeners. Will be up and about, ready to have their say. So throughout the morning, 0800 150 811. Give us a call on the Kennards High phone line. Or even drop us a message. Mark's come through straight off the bat. And he's left a message on double eight double three, the temper bedpost text machine. Uh, we'll get to that shortly, uh, Marky. And, and a couple others come through already. So uh, big show. Yep, Bernard Jackman. Bernard Jackman, he's a rugby analyst. From uh, across the ditch, no, uh, across the ocean, he's over in the UK, he's RTS Sport, RTE Sport and columnist with Sunday Independent and uh, Bernard Jackman will come on just after 7 o'clock to, well, just share us uh, his point of view from what he saw from a UK pundit's uh, point of view. So looking forward to having uh, a chat to him throughout the morning. We're going to get off the back fence with Kempe and no doubt that will create some debate followed by my bomb squad will pretty much lead into uh, some great callers and some great messages from, from our listeners. 
And to end the show, we're going to chat to Niall Williams. Uh, she's part of the Sevens outfit. She's an absolute champion superstar. Miracle coming back from uh, a huge neck injury that would have put out anyone. She made her way back, got the great news uh, a couple of months ago that she can play rugby again. She's going to come on the show at about 8.40ish to talk about uh, a new campaign she's doing and, and, well, leading into the Commonwealth Games. But, mate, like I said, big show. Lots to, to delve, dive into throughout the morning. Lots of questions that need to be answered. And I'm going to read this message straight off the bat from Mark. Morning, boys. I watched the ABs this weekend. And to cut a very long story short, what's up with the ridiculous rules there are in the game? No wonder people turn off and watch NRL. There needs to be a large dose of common sense applied by the refs, which they obviously aren't doing. Very disappointed. That is from Mark. And uh, a bit like Mark, I think there's plenty out there, mate. I was so close to turning the TV off. Not being a sore loser. You know, you never take anything away from Ireland. Um, they thoroughly deserved their win. They made a lot of changes from week one. And let's be honest, in week one, they weren't far off. They just made a ton of mistakes. This week, the All Blacks make a ton of mistakes. They get punished. But, mate, honestly, the referee, not only in the All Blacks game, you watch the Australian game, what a shambles. Absolute shambles, yeah. Kempe. Yeah, you're, you're dead right. As I'm, look, and I'm, I'm watching rugby all the time, not as a, not as intense and mm. understanding exactly what you what's going on there. You know, like you do. But yeah. I said to I said to my partner on Saturday night, I said, man, this referees in the picture too much, and there's too much focus on what the referees are doing, and it's just taken away from that experience in the game. One of the things about rugby, as we know, the rules can be interpreted differently from ref to ref, and yeah, I thought Saturday night, man, that referee, like some of the some of the, the decisions, the Tarvel's decision, like where was he meant to go? Mm. Seriously. Where was he meant to go? It was a it was a, a a a drop back on the inside that happened really quick. Was he meant to move his face out of the way of the other guy's face running directly in, into him? It's and then to get sent off with no intent see there has to be intent. Eh? There has to be intent. And then they send him off and I'm I'm sitting there going Oh, it's it's gone crazy. The, the the rules, the guys in the middle, the guys upstairs, the guys the, that write the rule books, they just, it's it's absolutely a shambles. So hopefully they can sort that side of it th- the, um, out of it at, out. Otherwise, you guess what you're going to get is you're going to get referees deciding games, not not teams. Hopefully, look, I hope World Rugby's taken notice because, you know, when you've got a couple of the biggest brands in rugby playing down under and you're watching the telly, even particularly with the debacle that went on with the red card and the substitutions with Zadi Savia, and we'll get on to that throughout the show, no doubt, because I've had messages uh, throughout the weekend just wanting some clarity on uh, on what went on. I was having dinner last night with Matt Todd and, and we touched on it um, briefly. But, mate, honestly, the officiating and that, that moment with Angus Tutterville, you know, like... You touched on it, intent, deliberate. Like, I'm happy for someone to be sent off if they're deliberately trying to put their shoulder or their, their forearms through someone's head and it's and it's deliberately um, uh, dangerous and they're going to put that player's safety in harm's way, mate. I, I, I'm fully happy with that. But that moment, when he's standing upright and the guy runs straight in, Gary Ringrose runs straight into his head, and it's just straight knock-on, like, head-on-head contact. He gets knocked out cold. Gary's on the ground. The TMO comes in and says, look, that's direct contact to the head. Um, blah, blah, blah. That's the rules. That's what they've been told as officials that they've got to make it. So anything that's touching the head, start the red card, come back. 
Um, they go up to Angus Tarvau, who's on the ground. He doesn't even know where he is. He's in La La Land. And the ref goes over. He's bleeding, uh, you know, horrendously out of his dome. And he goes over and just throws him a red card. He's walking off with the team doctor, and the doctor's like, he's like, did I get a red card? And the doctor's like, yeah, mate, you've just been sent off. Oh, honestly, I just can't, I just can't stand it. And, and, and Kemper, when Eddie Jones comes out, when Eddie Jones comes out and has your back and say, mate, we've just gone too far, the game, common sense needs to prevail. The, this is um, just turning into an absolute bore fest and we're losing fans. That's when you know that something's not quite right. When Eddie Jones supported the All Blacks, that is when you know something's not quite right, mate. And, you know, the thing about it too, like when you, when you said, like, if they're gonna if they're gonna punish the attacker for attacking the head, you know what I mean. With mm. it, with no intent, he got caught in a position. Why didn't the attacker get sent off? Because he's the one who put his face on him. You know what I mean. <laughs> and the rule, the rules is just so oh, skew if at the moment that you don't you don't know what you're gonna get. But common mm. sense should never ever be thrown out the door. Like yep. even when you're watching the replay. Let common sense be the, the the judge of what you what you actually do, because everyone around the world that's watching that going, mate, that was just an accident. How can you send that player off? That's just that's just really really bad. Um, I guess refereeing, and they're going to be talking, mate. I would sack the guy upstairs, hundred percent. He would he would never get another job. And I'd say to that referee, mate, you need to pull out your common sense card. Stop pulling out your red and yellow card. Because um, Angus Stovell, he should have stayed. He should have stayed on the pitch. That one shift of a player created a heat, the ripple effect with the Artie going off, the scrummaging, then the confusion. It just threw the it threw the All Blacks off. I think they never recovered from it. Never ever recovered. No one will recover from from being fourteen men down, twelve men down for the entire match. Look, they've done it right going into the into the locker rooms, ten seven down with a little bit of luck towards the end of that. But if you remember, watch I watched the Australian England game. I watched the start of the Australian Ingo. I watched the first half. Just to, you know, just to see what was going on, mate. That one had it in... That was even worse. If you listen and you go back and watch that game, you've got the referee constantly be told by the TMO, check, 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 constantly coming in on the airways commentary, checking this, checking this. She went and checked uh, uh, just a normal clean-out. Taniala Tupo cleaned out a player that was lying on top of one of his players. A clean uh, clean-out that's been going on for over 100 years, ever since rugby's been in, in, our, in our lives, mate. The clean-out was just normal. He gets penalised, and then Hunter Paisami goes for an incept, which was an actual genuine attempt and an incept. Goes to go get it, puts his hand, hand out, nearly gets it, would have run around 80 metres, he gets yellow card, gets sent off, mate. As soon as that happened, I just switched it off, turned the TV off, I've just had enough, mate. Rugby is turning into a ball fest. There's a message that's come on. Hi, Izzy. I've watched and played Union since 1969, and unless the rule changes, I have finished my love affair with it. Cheer, bro. He's off. And there is many he's out there gone. like that. He's gone. There, he's gone. And we are losing people. We are losing our fans and our, 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 our people that make this game so great because world rugby, and don't get me wrong, player safety is key, but it's just gone too far and before we get to you Kempi we're just gonna we're gonna throw a little to a little clip because Fozzie reacted to uh the red cards and the card situation over the weekend oh personally I think it's too far you know personally I was uh, um you know I think we're 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 in danger of um 
of turning a game into a to a card festival. There, there were clearly strong messages sent out last week. Um, there was a feeling that we should have had four yellow cards last week. So, and it seemed uh, it seemed to be the mindset that uh, that went into this game. So, you know, it's it is what it is though. And you know, I think if you look at our our, our cards, you just got to look at them singularly and. Um, and we, we get the Leicester one. I think that's incredibly unfortunate, um, but that they're the rules. So I don't think there's anything in that one. Offer we accept, and and Angus, you know, we, we kind of accept. But I think most people could see a a change of direction, a big prop reacting, and and a collision that's pretty unfortunate. But um, it is what it is. Yep, the rules are the rules. You break them, you get punished, and a hundred percent they had it in their mind. That they had the cards, but at least the flying Inuku, Kempi, um, mate. Interesting. Talks Sam Kane talks to the refs and says, well, "What's he meant to do?" So all he was meant to do is put his hands up. He puts his hands up like he's uh, genuinely trying to charge the ball down. Then he would have been okay. Apparently, apparently he would have been okay if he just put his hands up. But when you're jumping up and you're in that uh, position. You want to protect yourself. <laughs> so you're going up and you're trying to charge someone down. You put your hands up, but then when you're going down, it's a contact to brace. You want to put your hands down to just like, you know, brace for that contact. So, mate, it's it's crazy. We're in a crazy situation in rugby where uh, changes need to be made. Look, I'm not taking away the fact that the All Blacks, they their own worst enemies, and Ireland forced them to play like that and made them uh, make mistakes and unforced errors. But... Not only that game, there's plenty of other games around the weekend um, that just really showcase that rugby's in a in a horrific position at the moment, I feel. Yeah, and when you're listening to Fozzie talk too, you're wondering, like, where do you go to the, as a selector and picking teams when you know that you're going to go through three or four changes during the game because of yellow and red cards, you know what I mean? So your tactics start to change in and around selection policies, who you pick for your for your players to come on, what the impact is going to be about your team. Um, I've always said this about referees. Now, you get to these big games, and a referee can change your life. They're, yeah. they're just a different way that they referee. Every single one referees different. They've got their own little... You know, Fozzie just said it. He said, you know, we should have had four yellow cards a week before. They look like they refed it like they should have refed last week. And then all of a sudden, we get it this week, you know, and you get a different referee again next week. And what's he going to bring to the table? I just think that, you know, with this whole yellow card, red card, from a coaching perspective, what you'd be thinking about now is, well, how do I strengthen my side if I'm going to lose those players? Because the All Blacks just kept losing players, mate. It was ridiculous. Mm. It's a test match. Like, make it as even as possible. Don't make it uneven because, you know, the smart coaches, and this is what the NRL coaches do, when you change a rule, the NRL coaches, they promote it. They, they expose it and they promote it and they make the best out of it so that their team can get the advantages. Of, you know, you know a, a real good example of this one is is mm-hmm. when all the players started going down. You know what I mean? In the defensive yeah. line, they get touched and they'll just fall on their back. And I, I was, that's when I wanted to turn the TV off going, come on, now mm-hmm. you're making a game a joke. You know what I mean? So it's going to be interesting to see what comes out of this. You're right about world rugby. Get a common sense card, put that in next to the yellow and the red one on your top pocket. <laughs> and when you get to pull them out, the common sense card is looking at you and you've got to look at it and say, shit, do I make the right decision here or not? You know, mm. because at the moment they just pull it out and send you off. And you can see the players' faces when they're looking back going, what was that for? You know, mm. so it's, a t- it's, it's an interesting one. It would be a good space to keep watching. 
All right, mate, we're going to hear from Mark. He's from down here in Christchurch. He wants to talk about the ABs quickly. We'll get to Mark. Mark, morning. Hey, boys. Hey, you, you just about covered what I was going to say about, um, was it Fianuku that went to charge the ball down? And Yeah, yeah, mate, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, it's just natural instinct. If he had had his arms up as he come down, he would have got his ribs caved in, you know, like... Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 there's just no common sense at all from the refs, eh? Um, uh, uh, and just another thing, on social media, everyone... Now, I'm a leaguey. You know, league's my number one game, but obviously the AB's, you know, country, blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. everyone hooking into Sam Kane, man. You know, what's up with that? I, I think he's one of the best players on the field every week, week in, week out. You know, it's just everyone kind of compares him, and I know, especially down in, in, in Canterbury, they compare him to Richie McCaw. You know, Richie McCaw's a once, once in a blinking millennium player. You know, like how he, he's he's you know he set the mark, obviously the bar. No one's going to get near that bar. You know, no, and, and you know, just for the for the Aucklanders that reckon that Dalton Papali is all that. You know, I didn't even hear his name mentioned hardly on Saturday. Mm, no, nah, I love your call, Mark, mate. Appreciate it coming through on the Kenatai phone line, mate. Uh, keep coming throughout the morning. We're going to be debating it throughout the day and talking about the All Blacks throughout the morning, no doubt. Lots of questions need to be asked. Lots of questions need to be answered. When the team loses, Kempe, you know this, the coaches on the line, the captains on the line, they are the first two that have been thrown up and being um, debated about throughout the morning. We'll keep that going throughout the show. But right now, it's time for this. Can't wait question of the day. Now, we've been getting into the guts of why and what's wrong. But hey, when the official world rankings are updated today, the ABs will be at their lowest ever since they were introduced. Fourth. They are fourth in the world currently in the world rankings. Where do you have the current All Blacks ranked in world rugby currently? That is our can't wait question of the day. Where do you currently have the All Blacks ranked in the world rugby? Give us a message, double eight double three, or even better, give us a call, 0800 150 811. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Yes, welcome in, Izzy and Kempe for breakfast, talking all things sport, and well, we're just talking about the All Blacks, because on the weekend, the unthinkable happened, and uh, well, it happened in New Zealand for the first time, 117 years, Ireland beating New Zealand, it was only a matter of time, they've had the, well, they've had the better of us over the last couple of years, and uh, they've been tracking in the right direction, putting the All Blacks under pressure. We asked the question for the question of the day, where do you have the current All Blacks ranked in world rugby currently? Currently in world rugby. For you, Kempe? Oh, look, I think maybe, um, geez, I'm thinking around they're sitting in the six somewhere, you know what I mean? Like, if you look at the sides, as he like Wales went on the weekend, England went on the weekend, Ireland went on the weekend. They got to go up to South Africa shortly. Australia, um, Dave Rennie reckon, <laughs> reckons he's got a recipe to beat the All Blacks, and then you got the All Blacks. That's just six of the sides, oh, and you haven't even talked about France. You know what I mean? So, look, I think at the moment I've said it. I think this is the best World Cup we've going to watch for a long time. You, you can take a bet. 
on the World Cup on one of those those five, six teams that I've just named, and any one of them can win it. And I think that's great for rug, uh, rugby, but it ain't great for the All Blacks. You know, they well, see me and you in our in our time, we've grown up when the All Blacks have been the pinnacle. Always, they go into every game being the being the being the pinnacle. That game on the weekend, one of the things that I've noticed over the last couple of years is errors. I've never seen an All Black team over the last two years make so many just basic errors, like dropping the ball. Yeah. You know, serious, and eh? you're just looking at them going, "Man, that's un- that's un All Black like. That's not your way. You guys are going to catch that ball because you, you, your life depends on it." But I don't know. I don't know what you do. Um, I just think maybe everyone's caught us up. You know, maybe it's that simple. And yeah, maybe some have gone past us. Well, hundred percent have. I've got us in fifth. I've got us in fifth. You've got France one, South Africa two, Ireland three, England four, and then New Zealand fifth. That's currently where I have them. Um, Dave Rennie in Australia, mate, making noise. Ooh, look, I can get over this one. I can get over this win. I can get us uh, uh, this loss over in New Zealand. I can get over the loss. Over Ireland, they are the better team, but I could never probably get over if Australia win the Bledisloe, mate. That is our hallowed trophy. That is something that I cherish and New Zealanders cherish. And I know everyone, if that happened, I'm going to touch wood here. If that happened, this show would be, oh, it'll be blowing up after that. And we're going to get to Richie because no doubt Richie's got something to say as well. Always coming through on the Kenai Tire phone line 0800 Morning, Richie. Morning, lads. How are we today? Wow. Morning. Seen better days, my brother, but it's all good. What's happening? Oh, mate, just... I, I texted a question into uh, last week to Kempi about the bunker, and it's just happening everywhere now. Like, technology is killing the sport. But I think the biggest thing is they're going to have used technology. Take away the slow-mo button. Stop them from slowing it down, because it just <laughs> doesn't give you the, the, prop, the proper way, yeah. you know, but you know, before before we all had all this technology, you know, the the TMO and the bunker could only rule on tries. They could, they can't rule on high high shots, and you know, and it's what's killing the game. And it, you, it doesn't matter what sport, if it's to soccer, you know, the VAR did us in the World Cup qualifiers. It's, mate, I think world sport just need to have a look at how technology is ruining our games and taking away the enjoyment. After, after the red card, I turn it, I stopped watching the All Blacks. I love the All Blacks and I love watching them, whether they win or lose. But I just, I said to the lads I was with, I was like, "This game's over. We, the, anything we do, we're just gonna, it's gonna be reviewed." Yeah, no, I totally agree, mate. I totally agree. Get rid of that slow mo button. Get rid of it because every time you slide down, Kempi, and thank you for coming through, Richie. Appreciate your call on the Kenna's High phone line. Every time you slide down, makes it look a hundred times worse. A hundred times worse. You it slow does. down the Angus. Angus Tarvel situation, of course it's going to look horrible. You're slowing down a head-on-head yeah. collision yeah, you... and, and faces and they're getting knocked out, mate. You watch Angus's eyes. As soon as it happens, he gets knocked out, his knees buckle and he's gone. Of course it's going to look yeah. worse. And a referee, a referee doesn't have a button that says, give me a slow-mo replay, please, on the top of, top of his glasses. You know what I mean? He gets, <laughs> a, he gets the benefit of a guy sitting in a room saying, Ooh, yeah, like when you slow it down to like snail's pace, there's something wrong. Look, it's just pathetic. Like, let yep. the referee, this this is what needs to happen. The referee in the middle needs to make the call and he needs to live by his decisions because he's, basically, you can't judge his form because his form's been um, plagiarized, like, it's been mucked around with by your, by your TMO upstairs and your sideline people, and he's just a pawn in the middle. Mm. 
Well, why don't you get rid of the referee? Like, just have people on TV saying, stop, we're going to send you off. You know what I mean? And that's what, yeah. that's what people are getting annoyed at. They, they're, not, they're not seeing the purest game being played as being ripped apart by rules and by people on TV. And when you're right, Izzy, when you slow it down, you're always going to find an issue. When they keep going back to replays, they go, oh, they're going to find something. Mm, you know, it's sure. just, it's, it's got to stop. Yeah, 100%. Morning, Morena, uh, the front row are letting the ABs down big time. Drop the starting front row and coaching staff. Ref and TMO had a shocker. That is from Nick Hawkes Bay. Thank you for that message, Nick. Appreciate you coming through. We're going to shoot off. We're going to hear from Aroha, and then we'll come back, and we'll get a little uh, little update. Love Racing NZ update, are we? Yeah, probably about that. Anyway, we're going to dive into a lot of chat today. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Yes, thank you Aroha for the news update. Appreciate that. Love Racing.nz, your home for everything thoroughbred racing. And we get Louis Ehrman. What? He's awake and he's going to give us a wee update. Morning, Louis. Hey, boys. I am awake. I've um, had a... Look, it took me a while. I got lined up from a long way out by COVID. And it took me a while, but it eventually pinned me down. And then it's just... Yeah, not not a not a heap of fun as you both have said. <laughs> so mm. it's been a long weekend, but um, nah, we're all good. Actually, a good weekend, and um, gutted to not be there this morning permanently because you're going to have a. Oh, the show's already started hot. There's plenty to talk about. Probably racing's not even really in the top few things we'd want to be talking about because it's a little bit slow at this time of year. I know the boys were having a punt um over the weekend and saw some of the heavy track racing, but uh, wasn't wouldn't say it was the fastest horses going around, although there were some really nice ones. A little bit of an update of the premierships, though, and we know that the trainers' premiership's been won by Jamie Richards already. So the, the season comes to an end in 21 or uh, 19 days. Um, Jamie Richards has wrapped up the premiership, the trainers' premiership, a long time ago. He's in Hong Kong now. But Stephen Marsh, Marshy, he hit 100 wins, um, which is a massive milestone for Marshy. It, it's it, not an easy thing to do, and not a lot of trainers even run the sort of operation that could get close to it because you really do have to have a lot of horses and work and a lot of clients. So this is the first time he's ever hit 100 wins in a season. He got 92 last year. He had 97 and 18 and 19. Um, and then he's finally notched up the tons. So congratulations, Stephen Marsh, to everyone that works for him. What a great achievement. Just for context, the next um, person on the trainers' premiership is Lisa Ladder at 59, so 41 behind him. So um, well done, Marshy. And in the jockeys' premiership, we know that McNabb, Michael McNabb has well and truly wrapped that up now. The TAB paid out on him early. And he's actually set a new season record for stakes wins. So he's won $3,585,880 in stakes. Obviously, not all of that goes to him. Um, <laughs> otherwise. I thought it was. <laughs> I was like, wow. otherwise, I, otherwise, I'd start riding hacks, mate. Uh, yeah, I'll start losing weight and ride Butler. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So he's hit the most wins uh, with the, the highest stakes 
um, in a single season. Um, and he strike like the most important thing about McNabb's season is strike rate's five point twelve. So that means every five point one two times he jumps on a, um, yeah, he jumps on a, a horse. He's winning, which is just um, it's quite incredible. And yeah, it's for for context. Last year, Danielle Johnson had that amazing season, which she really did. She rode one hundred and fifty one winners. McNabb's at one hundred and thirty two, and this is with the firepower of Tiaka. She was five point four six, and and that was a really special season. And, and Nab is down to five point one two. When you're getting close to that four point anything strike rate, you know that you just dialed all the way in. So um, yeah, he, he's going awesome and. You mentioned Butler. How good was he? Oh, thank you, Kempi. Thank you, Kempi. I was having a wee listen to you and Ricardo on Friday, and he bought out Butler, and then I uh, I heard Joe's hot pink. Said, "Don't ever do that again, Joe. You stay in that <laughs> hot pink seat that you're in at the moment, mate." Um, but yeah, I went and followed Butler, in, and how good was that? Oh yeah, man. He's uh, he's gonna. We'll get him on the show next week. Is he's got some good horses lined up for next weekend. So we'll talk about that. Um, yep, we'll have a cut. We'll have a good weekend next weekend as well. Beautiful, beautiful. Louis, when you're back, brother, you, we're hoping to get you shortly. Oh, I'm going to be in the studio on Wednesday, so hopefully you're in. You'll be in Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday's the day um, that would. Cal- yeah, Wednesday's the day. Calculated it would be Wednesday because. Yeah, got a little bit dusty on the start of last week. Was sick on Tuesday, done on Wednesday. So yeah, a week from then. Hey, I've, 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 it's it's been a little bit complicated. I, I still don't know how Reese Walsh made it to Australia, boys. <laughs> no, I was going to say you haven't got the Reese Walsh COVID because you would be in the studio today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I haven't. So uh, there's that. Hey, just really quickly on Butler, um, hell of a win, and we know that our the great Al Sheikh Sharok has um, been pointing these two. He's got DLB Darcy Labella uh, and Butler pointing towards the Tarzino Trophy, which is the first group one of the season at, at Hastings down there. Futures market update Butler's into 14s, Darcy Labella's into 12s. The favourite in that market is Imperatrice. We've got on Trivia, we've got La Creek on the bubbles in there. So right now, Alan has two of the top seven favourites in that race, a race that he's won multiple times uh, with Kawi and um, I do as well. So he knows how to win the race when the tracks are still wet coming back from, from the winter. And he's got two really nice chances. So we'll talk to him about that as well, boys. But yeah, really exciting stuff. And congratulations to anyone that had a winner over the weekend. Beautiful, Louis. Good to hear your voice, mate. You go rest up and uh, we'll, we'll chat to you throughout the morning. Thanks for that little loveracing.nz update all for all your thoroughbred racing news, previews, reviews, and more. Well, just listen to Louis because he knows a thing or two. Eh? Cheers, Louis. Get well soon, mate. Kempi, mate, Butler was outstanding. That was a great little ride. I was watching it and I was oh. just like, oh, yeah, here we go. Gets in the open, just steams home. Got my first yeah. leg in me multi gun and I was pumping you up. And thank you, Kempi. <laughs> thank you, Kempi. And then I just need a finest wine to run third. And uh, uh, Rahul thought it would be better to run fourth. And, um, yeah, cheers for that, Rahul. Appreciate you, mate. Uh, but <laughs> great win, Kempi. Great win. Anyway, it's time for Quizzy Dag. Time for Quizzy Dag. All you quizzes, 
We're just going to take a wee break away from the code. All these messages coming through. We'll just have a little five minutes. Just let you get your breathing back. And let you relax into your seat, into your morning. Get your coffee. Because come on and take on the quiz master. The is master. Come on. And you can go in the draw to win a trip to the Gold Coast. 0800-150-811. And you know what? Because I'm feeling good today. And Kez is going to go find it. $50 TAB bonus bet. Coming your way. Go. Go on then. 0800-150-811. Take on the quiz master. On your radio Giving you the chance to head to the Gold Coast Five questions for the win Supercars on the line 0800-150-811 You're mine it's Quizzy Dag, give it a go. It's Quizzy Dag, now don't you choke. It's Quizzy Dag, who knows the most. It's Quizzy Dag, we're going to the go-go. Yes, we are. Someone's going to go anyway with Kempi and Bonnie Luke. Morena. Morena, morena, mate. Good luck. Morena, Good luck. Morena. Here we go. Question number one. Who won the 2008 NRL Grand Final? Oh, we'll go with... Uh... I'm going Manly. Manly? Manly is correct. Good choice. Manly is correct. How many, question number two, how many Grand Slam single titles has Novak Djokovic now won? Oh, we'll have to find a friend. Well, it's a big birthday party, this one. Oh, 21. 21 is correct. Question number three, <laughs> which Toihi women's basketball team is still undefeated. Oh, they, they beat the Nugget with... Uh, nah, can't remember the name. Sorry. Oh, good, Lukey. <laughs> Appreciate it, mate. You did well. You did very, very well. Have a good day, mate. Tim from Christchurch. Morning. How are we doing? We're doing very, very well, mate. You sound busy. We'll rip straight into it. Which Toei women's basketball team is still undefeated? Uh, can I phone a friend? You can. Uh, yep, I'm going to just say from the north. Uh, the only team I really know is the Tuatara. It is not the Tuatara. Sorry, Tim, mate. Have a, have a good day, brother. Appreciate it. Brenton, Auckland, morning. Shut up, brother. Ah, brother, which Tohi women's basketball team is still undefeated? Oh, from the north, you reckon, Kempe? Yeah. 
Um, yep. I don't think there are many of them. Not the stars. No, I don't know either, man. Nah. Don't know, man. Alright, alright. Sorry, Bridget, have if, a good... Even <laughs> if we said northern? Yeah. Northern something, Brenton. Sorry, have a good day, Tony. We met Tony the other week. Morning, brother. Morning, boys. How's it going? Yeah, very, very um, good, Tony. Which uh, Tohi uh, women's uh, basketball uh, team? Are they called the Arco or something like that? Ooh, no, no, it's not <laughs> the Arcos. Sorry, Tony. Appreciate your call, mate. Have a good day. We're gonna go to Ed from Tolaga Bay. Ed will get it surely. Is it Kahu? Yes, the Northern Kahu. Well done. Question number Morena, four. Morena, brother. Morena, brother. Morena. <laughs> Question four, Ed. Here we go. Which country is this morning's F1 event being held? Uh, Austria. Austria. Question number five. On fire. How many nations have defeated the All Blacks at home? Oh, that's a good one. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I know Ireland did it. The, the bloody leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> have a guess. Five, I have a guess. Uh, four. Home, uh, three. No. Sorry, it's not three, Ed. Have a good day, mate. We're going to go to Richie in Upper Hutt. Morning, Richie. Morning, Izzy. Morning. You love time in this pursuit of perfection. How many nations have defeated the All Blacks at home? Oh, I'll go eight. Oh, eight is incorrect, Richie. Sorry, mate. Have a good day. We're going to go to Brett. Morning, Brett. Morning, my boat. Ah, we smashed him in the cricket bowl wicket, bro. Yes, we did. We did. <laughs> what a game that was, anyway. Hey, that was a bit too close for comfort. <laughs> Holy hecka. <laughs> Ooh. How many nations have defeated the All Blacks at home? Give me a number there, Brett. Edima. Ooh, nice. Got it. Yes, it Five. is correct. Five is correct. Well done. Can you name them all? Aussie, South Africa, France, England, Ireland, and, oh, and then the, the Lions as well, I suppose, if you want to. Yes. There you go, Brett. Oh, there, Brett, he would get it. Rima is correct. Number five was the correct answer, mate. Appreciate your call coming through. Thanks very much, Brett. We'll hear Rima, from you mate. throughout the morning, mate. Give us a call if you want to have a little debate on what went on on Saturday. No doubt you'll have something to say. I saw you changed your Twitter name. Ooh, we won't get there, eh? We won't go there just yet. Won't go there just yet, Brett. <laughs> Appreciate your call, mate. Uh, coming up, we're going to give away some Māori tickets to the game that is taking place in Wellington on Tuesday. Back shortly. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Yes, time to give away some freebies. We know you all love freebies. Well, we do. We do. We love giving it away. Some Māori AB tickets giveaway just after eight. Just after eight, we're going to give that these tickets away. So the question is, which Māori AB would have made a difference for the All Blacks on Saturday? Give us a text, double eight, double three. And we'll collate those messages and give us give the winner some tickets to the Māori All Blacks game in Wellington on Tuesday night. Double eight, double three. Which Māori All Black would have made a difference for the All Blacks on Saturday? Lots of debate.
Coming up after 7 o'clock, we're going to talk to Bernard Jackman, Irish rugby analyst for Red Sport and the Sunday Independent. And no doubt he'll have some wow, glaring questions and he'll be right up and about for his Irish side that put on an absolute clinic on Saturday. Uh, decisions aside, cards aside, they were the best team on the night. No doubt they made the changes needed from week one to week two and really put the All Blacks under pressure. Keep your messages coming through. Got a couple here. The All Blacks have lost that mana and aura about them and no one's scared of us anymore. Worrying times just before the World Cup. Plenty of messages on the Temper Bed Post text machine. One there from Dom, who I'll get to just shortly. But coming up, Bernard Jackman. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ Monday, the 11th of July. It's 7 o'clock already. Man, that hour has flown by. We've been talking rugby, the All Blacks going down against Ireland on the weekend, and no doubt, wow, a lot of questions need to be answered. I've been uh, reading a few articles over the weekend, checking out a few comments, and man, they were running hot. The comment section, wow. You never read the comment section. I should know that better than anyone else. But I had a wee geese and <laughs> holy, everyone is out to get a certain couple. Anyway, um, keep those messages coming through on double eight double three. Kempi, I'm just going to read a couple of these messages here from Dom on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Whole Ford pack, apart from Guzzler, which is Brody Retallick and Artie Savia needs to go. Jacobson would have run rings around Papali's performance. He was lying down on the ground next to the ruck when Ireland scored their second try. Need a fresh pack that are hard and intense and seem like they actually want to be there. That is from Dom. And I was reading Dalton Papali's comments earlier in the week when he came out and said he's going to absolutely flatten someone. He's going to be that enforcer. And I was reading that and I was going, wow, that's interesting. You don't really go out and say that. You just kind of no. have that have that in your background, Kim. You know that better than anyone. You have that in the background. You know deep down you're going to flatten something and do it, but you don't come out here in an article and say you're going to be that guy, aren't, do you? Nah. Well, no, you you know too as a player <laughs> who that guy is. You know, if you come out, you, and you also know who those players that say it and don't do yeah. it, and you don't want to be known as that guy. You know, so... You know, look at Jer- uh, Jerome Kano and he, the way that he just went around his business, you know what I mean? And the guy when mm. I was playing, his name was Les Davidson. He played front row for South Sydney. And, mate, 
Now, he didn't he didn't walk around saying that, but no one ever ever you know <laughs> no one ever fronted up to him because you didn't get a slap. So yeah, that's a that was a big call. It was a good text by Dom. I don't know whether or not they need to change the whole pack. They, I think. Izzy and you probably know more about this. I think they need to change their game plan. Mm. You know, yeah. they they went away from what what won them the game. Like I never seen them, and whether or not Andy Farrell adjusted his defensive line accordingly, so they weren't hitting those passes from Aaron Smith. Of course they did. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and they just they were like it was like they were shell shocked going. Well, you weren't meant to get that that quick. Mm. Plan A, Plan A worked week one, and Plan uh, Plan A didn't work week two, and they had no Plan B. And we're going to talk to a guy that, that knows a lot about rugby, Bernard Jackman. He's an Irish. The Irish have locked up a series at one apiece with a clinical performance in Dunedin, humbling the All Blacks along the way. The 23-12 defeat was the first time the Irish have won on our own soil. Joining an elite club of only five nations, Bernard Jackman is a former Irish international and now rugby reporter for RTE Sport. And he joins us on the line now. Morning, Bernard. Thank you very much Morning, for joining man. us. Morning, man. How are you? Mate, have, no have, you, have you been celebrating all weekend? What's it like, mate? She's been crazy <laughs> over there, isn't it? Uh, look, at every dog has its day. Um, yeah, look, it's just been... A, look, we, this tour This tour looked like it could go downhill very quickly. Um, obviously, after the Murray game and, and the first test where we had a heavy beating. So... Um, and we, you know, we, we thought if we had a chance, it was the first test because obviously the COVID disruption that you guys had, even though obviously you've got a great record in Eden Park and um, that performance and results came as a bit of a surprise for us. And now we're, we, we love getting carried away. So now we're going to win the World Cup, but, but we're going to win the series first. So, um, yeah, no, obviously we respect the All Blacks, but it's given us a big kind of boost. And, um, yeah, I think everybody's looking forward to, to Saturday now in, in Wellington. Like, before we get stuck into the nitty-gritty things of the game and, and an absolute clinic that Ireland put on the All Blacks, can we touch on the current state of rugby? The current state of, of rugby, not only in particular this game. Uh, I was watching the England-Australia game. There's some officiating some calls that, wow, uh, any day fan, if you're going to turn the TV on, you'd be confused about, mate, and, and you're trying to get an understanding of rugby. Where do you think the current state of, of the game of rugby and how it's been officiated and how it's been refereed? Yeah, look, I think from a health and safety point of view, there's obviously massive fear around yep. this court case um, that's coming. So I can understand the, the head contact um, focus, but the problem is the lack of consistency. Um, and also, I think in general, refereeing is pretty poor. Uh, and I think the game has got away on the referees. And even though they're professional, I think they're struggling to stay abreast of the of the level of technical and tactical improvement and... and uh, dark arts that teams, you know, will will use to try and get an advantage, and, and they were always used. But I just think at the moment, the game is slower um, in terms of stoppages and video reviews, and even with some video reviews, we don't always get the right call. So, um, I, 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 look at it's it's um, there's been great crowds. I think I was worried after COVID with people come back to watch rugby, and, and I think you know looking around the world this weekend, you know, people want to go back. Um, and but the problem is, if the product isn't interesting, um, they won't stay back. So it's a it's a very <laughs> dangerous time. Look, it'll be fine. The World Cup in France, you know, they'll the, the French, you know, rugby's a massive part of of their culture. So I wouldn't treat treat that as being a, a litmus test of of where the game is at because they get good crowds anyway. But long term, um, yeah, we just need to be very careful. I think because I think a lot of people are leaving stadiums or you know watching a game in, the, in a clubhouse and and they're 
bazzled by some of the decisions. Yeah, you did right. You did right, Bernard. Hey, Bernard, you, you mentioned there that you have respect for the All Blacks. Can we just talk about that a little bit? Is that respect um, more about your respecting that you've got a test match to play against the All Blacks other than, let's say, 10, 20 years ago when the Irish played the All Blacks and knew that it was a real challenge to beat them? Do you think that actual fear has left, has left the international game against yeah. the All Blacks? Well, and you know what? I was beating you uh, winning away. That will carry on, um, you know, from, from the next couple of generations. Because, I'm not saying we're going to go there and win all the time, but just being that first team to beat the All Blacks. And, like, when I played, we couldn't beat the All Blacks. Uh, but, obviously, that group who beat them in Chicago, um, they were the first. And then, you know, I know that the All Blacks were distracted that weekend or that week, but it was the first time you beat them. And then, obviously, you want to beat them in Dublin, and, and we beat them twice. And, and then we wanted to try and beat them away. So, the aura... Um, that around the All Blacks, um, obviously lessons if you, if you can be competitive against them, you know. And, and let's be honest, we, we, we couldn't beat you um, for love nor money. So, but now Andy Farrell, for example, who's our, who's our head coach, he's been part of a coaching staff that's beaten the All Blacks six times: once with England, once with the British and Irish Lions, and, and four times with Ireland. So, you know, when he speaks to the players um, and talks about weaknesses or um, opportunities, they're more likely to believe it. And then you have fellas like Sexton, O'Mahony, etc. who've now done it four times as well. So, uh, look, at we've our game has come on and uh, we've, we're we taking a gamble as well because we've gone there with a very experienced team and, you know, the biggest problem in Irish rugby has been that we can't get past the quarterfinal of the World Cup and there's a lot of debate uh, amongst pundits, uh, me included, that we maybe shouldn't have sent some of those, you know, most experienced guys um for it to play every minute because we're, we're actually not really, we don't really have the depth that maybe we need for a World Cup. But look, at now the fact they've won a match in New Zealand and have a chance of winning a series, I think the decision to send the Sextons, the O'Mahonies has been vindicated, the Conor Murrays, um, regardless because I think the psychological benefit of us having won a, t- a test match there, and look, at that's because the All Blacks are, are, are absolutely respected and admired so like that's what i mean normally you wouldn't be happy to go away and just win a match but because we've never done it before and because of the respect we have for the quality of rugby in new zealand um we, we certainly are seeing it as as a significant milestone man i love what Omani's about mate i'd seen him on set they absolutely getting stuck into sammy kane i was trying to figure out what he was saying i can only imagine that he was just throwing spitting tacks well, at him mate oh. it's being picked up it's been picked up on a ref mic here, and, and I think, look, I, I'm sure Peter isn't, uh, in the heat of the moment, is he, you know, and, and, and we, we <laughs> yeah. all know what he's saying, but I think he said your poor man's Richie McCaw, and, uh, oh. you know, and, yeah, which is pretty low, and obviously, look at the game, it's easy, it's easy when, when, you're, when you're defending under your post for 78 minutes, and you know the game is won, but, uh, look, at, I'm sure if Sam Kane plays this week, um, and anyone who plays with him, there'll be, there'll be an extra sting in every bit of contact Peter Manning gets. Yeah, I thought it would have been something along those lines for sure, mate. Um, uh, where do you think the game was, was won for Irish and lost for the All Blacks, mate? From from your point, I was just seeing your Twitter before you talked about um, the up and under, the, the box kicking style that yeah. the All Blacks have used over the last couple of years not working, but where do you think it was won and lost for, for both sides? Well, look, at the both tests Ireland got a phenomenally fast start, which again allows the team, you know, uh, grow into the game, get belief, 
Um, and obviously, you know, in the in the first game, you know, didn't matter. You guys came back and scored quite quickly. But I think we our ball retention was much better. So we started you of um, yeah. of those turnovers and, and that transition opportunity that that the All Blacks and all New Zealand teams exploit. Um, so we were much better with our handling. Um, as I said, I thought we exited much better. We when in our twenty-two, we found touch. Whereas last week, we kept the ball in, in play and gave you counterattack opportunities. Uh, we kicked off a second set of hands. Um, between the 22 and halfway and kicked long. And, and you guys didn't really kick back well. You tried to run it back, and you ended up playing a lot of rugby in in, in your half. And uh, our defense was better, as, as you mentioned, but also our, our, our jackal threat was better. So, you know, after a while, you guys ran out of numbers in the breakdown, and, and then we were getting a penalty, and, and either every kick it or kick to the corner. So, um, and I, I think defensively, you're really struggling. I mean, there's a couple of clips there. I know you had down to 14 men in the second half, but like Ireland were able to have a rook on the edge on a touchline and get to the far 15 and have uh, there's one clip where you, we throw five passes. I mean, that's nearly unheard of now. You know, most no, teams no, have to play off nine in the first phase to, to open up a two-sided attack. And even then with the line speed, you'd be lucky to get to the 15 or, or throw that second pass. So, uh, when I look back at it, it was, it was a lot of things went wrong for the All Blacks, and um, obviously maybe there was a little bit of complacency because you know they'd won so well the week before. Obviously the the discipline in the first half and and, and the three cards, um, but also really seemed to miss Sam Whitelock as a leader. Um, you know, and then then obviously Britalic um, gets a head knock. He's gone off the field for a while. You, you know, you, you, Ardy Save was the type of player you wanted on the field for for. 70 minutes, you know, um, it, uh, given that he went off for 10 for the bin, but then he couldn't come back on. So there was a lot of things that just didn't happen, a lot of passes that normally stick, didn't stick. Um, so I, we, I expect this test to be totally, totally different. Um, but I just hope that we can find a way to be competitive. Just on, just on that, just on that, um, that situation with the red card, I've been reading uh, that Fozzie's um, blaming the officiating but then I've been having my own little thoughts on it and, and the current situation. When, when a prop goes on, you've got to replace it with another prop. But that prop couldn't play yeah. loose yet, so it went to uncontested scrums. So they, they, they realised that they could have probably brought on another player instead of taking off uh, Artie. So who was in the wrong there? Who's in the wrong there? The officials or the coaching no, 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 making I think blunder? Technically, actually, with relief, technically I was reading today, and it seems as if the touch judge or the, the fourth official was wrong in that Ardy could have came back on. Um, from, that's my understanding of, of reading the laws today. Now, I have never... Look, this happened in a, in a Six Nations game um, with, with Italy having to go down to 12 men. Um, and actually, you know what? You're actually wrong. When, when Ireland, The reason Sexton went for the scrum that time um, was to force you guys to, to go uncontested and to bring off another player. And you should have been down to 12 for that couple of minutes um, while, the, while the Simba was on. But you managed to pull the pull the fast one and kept thirteen on the field. But then I think then the, I think as far as I can understand, the match officials were wrong. Ardy should have been allowed to come back on. So as I said, that, look, that was a very rare. As I said I've only seen it happen once um, before, where a team goes to twelve. But also, um, I didn't realise that you guys wouldn't be allowed to bring on bring back on Sevilla. Which I think you would have brought him back on, you know, um, and, and sacrificed a lesser experienced player. So, um, but also I think as well, strategically, you know, are you not better off playing with eight forwards for whatever it was, 60 minutes, and maybe sacrifice a wing? I know Ireland play um, 
try to play a little bit more than they did before. But like we won three scrum penalties in the second half through our scrum, which the week before obviously was a was a weakness. So look, I'm sure the All Blacks, um, the All Blacks management will have a really hard look at themselves. And, and you know yourself, you know coaches have uh, lots of different scenario based um, situations that you talk about, you know, on, on a Friday night as a group and make sure that you're ready for every situation. And maybe maybe that was something that they didn't. Um, you know, to go through the checklist, and um, as I said, it's very rare. But I suppose that's the job of coaches to um, to make sure they've got all those eventualities covered off. Yeah. Talking about coaching, Bernard and Faz, uh, Andy Farrell getting six wins uh, against the All Blacks and the English, the Lions, and of course Forward Island. What do you, I, I reckon I've worked out one of his one of his ploys that he's bought from rugby league. I played plenty of football against them over in England. Um, but what do you think he brings to the team up against the All Blacks? Why he's been so successful? Well, do you know what? Uh, it's a New Zealand term, mana, um, that we've always heard about certain Kiwis and All Blacks. And he, you know, it's not an Irish thing, and he's not an Irish man, but um, he's by uh, he's an adopted one now. But he has unbelievable charisma and respect. The players remember what he was like as a player. Um, they appreciate how he coaches them, how he he cares for them, how he has their back, um, how he makes brave decisions, you know, and takes the flack from the media when things don't go well, but protects them. And I think that there's a an unbelievably strong bond between the players and him. And, and let's be honest, we were very lucky that he he was part of the Joe Schmidt uh, coaching staff, um, and you know, it didn't the World Cup didn't go well and, and finished poorly, but he was in. He was able to basically identify what needed to change, and I think um, it became a much more relaxed culture, actually. Um, so, and this isn't against Joe because Joe brought us to places that we, we never dreamed about, but it became incredibly pressurized. And look, at that wasn't all Joe's fault. It was probably the the, the pressure from from a nation who've never done anything in a World Cup. But that last year, the players certainly seemed to um, probably. Be overwhelmed by the pressure, and I think Farrell has taken that pressure off them. Um, and I think, as I said, the biggest thing was what I'm most, most impressed. I think he, he had a couple of little changes to his game plan, but he actually got that group to believe they could win the second test. And, and I'll be honest, I, 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 I have a newspaper column, and I mean, historically, if we were playing the All Blacks, we would be hoping for a, a hurricane and a, and, a, and a rainstorm, right? Why? Because you know, our, our skill set wouldn't have been as good as the All Blacks. The last thing we would have wanted was to ever play New Zealand in a in a, in a a stadium with a roof, you know. But in fairness, um, like the way he's, he's evolved Ireland's game plan, we're quite comfortable now um, in, in dry conditions and, and moving the ball. So I think he's had two big impacts. One is psychologically he's, he's um, created a really nice environment and, and the players would die for him. And then secondly, we've evolved our game um, and have shown capacity to change your plan week to week, which is, I think, important at, at test level. Mate, it's showing all signs and all, heading in the right direction for sure. Bernard Jackman, absolute champion, coming on our show and giving us his thoughts and insights to what unfolded on Saturday. We appreciate it, Bernard, mate. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. We'll chat to you tonight, brother. We'll chat to you tonight. I'm going on to Gavin Casey and Bernard Jack. Um, Jacqueline's uh, show tonight. We're going to have a wee chat to those lads about the game, what unfolded on Saturday. Appreciate that. Kempi, that was pretty outstanding. We're going to go away because you've got your off-the-back fence coming up shortly, and no doubt you're going to rip into something. Back shortly. 
your skin health and shop Swiss Skincare Men's Range from only $8.79 at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. the back fence with Tony Kemp. Off the back fence, go four areas the Irish needed to fix to compete and win against the All Blacks after their first test loss. Yes, they had to change their defensive structure. They had to take their opportunities. They had to win the ruck. And Johnny Sexton had to play or they had no chance of winning anything. You'd have to say that they can comprehensively achieved all the above. However, there was one area I didn't mention which was the speed of which the Irish get out of the gates in their games, and especially in Game 1 and Game 2, we saw them do that. The cunningness of Andy Farrell using an old Wigan ploy of bouncing out of the gates so quick that the All Blacks didn't have a chance to gather themselves was well thought out and has given the Irish the edge. Like Wigan, the Irish have ramped up their start of the game to catch everyone off guard. It's a different mindset. It works for the great Wigan side way back in the day, and now the Irish have created an edge that gives them the upper hand from the get-go. The question is, in the last test, can the All Blacks adjust the match to match the intensity from the Irish from the start, or do they miss the start again and chase the Irish have they, as they have done in the first two tests? Only time will tell. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Bang, you know what I call that, Uncle? The Great Green Wall of Ireland. The Great Green Wall of Ireland, mate, they were just everywhere. And as All Blacks, when you get on the nose, it looks like you've got no options. They have to start better. They have to start better on Saturday or they're just going to get left behind. You, you, reading Aaron Smith's comments, and I've been a part of teams when we've been put under so much pressure, scoreboard pressure. They go to 7-0 after a couple of minutes. Then they go to 10-0, and then they go to 13-0. Slowly, the scoreboard pressure keeps ticking over, mate, and then your focus and your mindset, your vision gets narrow because you're constantly worried about things that are out of your control. And, uh, mate, that's what it would have felt like for the All Blacks on Saturday. Andy Farrell, we know he brings line speed. We know he brings aggressiveness. And, uh, mate, from what I've been hearing and, and watching him before and after the game, mate, he's the same guy. He's just got so much mana. Unbelievable. So much Mate, you follow him anyway, wouldn't you? 100%. I think the Irish have bought into that too because he has so much mm. success. I was just thinking about that, you know, when I'm putting that together last night. You, you've just done the hucker, you know what I mean? Mm. And then you, you've had this all this adrenaline and that's when you should start. Well, mm. the Irish hucker is when the ball gets kicked off for the, for the very first time and then they go, rightio, you better be at 110% because that's where, we, that's where we're going across the board. And I watched them in the last two games. I went, I've seen that before. I've seen that start before. Well, when every time we played Wigan, that's how they started, mate. Then before you knew it, you're 20 points behind. You're going, and it's a whole total different mindset. If they're not ready, the All Blacks, in the last test, to match the intensity from the get-go, they'll lose. That's Maybe uh, before the game, you see the anthems, you see the hucker. Before kickoff, you watch Ireland. They went away and they started smashing tackle bags for about two, three minutes, getting their shoulders, getting into the game. You watch the All Blacks, they go to a huddle and they start talking about their, their, their next focus. Maybe it needs That's to be a point. bit more of an active um, decision 100%. that they need to do. Yeah, because Ireland hope are Fozzie's li- smashing each other. <laughs> yeah, I hope Fozzie's listening because if, if they don't get up to that, 
um, you know, that zero to 100 Ks in two seconds like the, the Irish mm. do, mate, you like you said, you go back, you're 7 or 10 or 13 nil, you know, and like the mindset is totally different, as you know, when you're chasing. Mm. It's like, oh, man, everything's like, I make an error. It's like, oh, no, we needed that ball, you know. So, um, yep, Andy Farrell's bought that from his league days, definitely. From his Wigan days, mate, they were the, they were the masters at it back then. They, they got everybody. Beautiful, Kempe. Appreciate you off the back fence. Another poor performance for the ABs. This is an Irish team at the end of a long season. Let's face facts. We are maybe fifth and may sink further with a tough tour to South Africa shortly. I'm okay with that. And find the New Zealand media hype train condescending of other nations and sports when the ABs have everything they need. The glory days of 2011 and 2016 are gone. We're back in the pack, and that's not because of the refs. That is from an unknown texter. Appreciate your message, please. Leave your name. We're going to head off and hear from Aroha for the news for Kubota. We'll come back shortly for Louis Choices Flooring Pole. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Yes, it's time for our Choices Flooring Poll, and we got the one and only Louis Herman. What on again, Louis? Welcome back, brother. Uh, you can't keep me away on a Monday that's running this hot. Just heard Kempe's off the back fence there, and he's so right. Andy Farrell seems to have a little bit of something, doesn't he? He's got a bit of gravitas, yeah. doesn't he? He does. He has it all, mate. He is in spades. I'll follow that man anywhere. But before you get to your Choices Flooring Poll, Louis, then ask you our question. Uh, uh, we're going to give away some Māori ABs tickets, and we're going to give it away after eight o'clock. And we asked the question: Which Māori All Black would make a difference for the All Blacks on Saturday? For you, who would that Māori All Black be? Uh, he's what? big. He's big. He's strong. He's physical. He's a line-out option. He's Callum Grace. Simple. Yeah. Yeah, man. Callum Grace. Callum Grace. We've already had one come through on the on the text machine. Keep those coming. If you want to go to the Māori All Blacks game. On Tuesday, Cullen Grace is Louis's message, and there's been another couple too talking about Cullen Grace and also TJ Peranara from Tony. So keep those coming through. But what do you got for us, Louis? Well, see so your floor change in an instant room view. We know how this works. Go to Izzy and Kempe in the SCNZ app. That's how I'm listening today from home. Ready? I'm on the app, but I'm loving it. And you can have your choice on our choices flooring poll. Boys, I know you're about to unshackle the phone lines. You're about to get them running hot on 0800-150-811, the Kennard's high phone line. So I thought I might throw one in there. My question of the day for you guys, uh, the choices flooring poll, there's so many different ways to look at what went wrong for the All Blacks. We're going to dissect it all week long. But if we try to put it down to the one thing that hurt the All Blacks the most, I want to ask you if it's these four things. Was it the discipline? Was it their execution? Was it their scheme, their tactics, their strategy? Or was it their selection? And I know there's parts of every one of these in the answer of why they really lost, but we're going to have to break this down bit by bit. So what hurt the All Blacks most on Saturday night? The discipline, the execution, the tactics, or the selection? That's my choices flooring poll today. Let's see if we can narrow it down to the one thing that killed them the most Daggy, do you have an instinct? Uh, yeah, well, you could go, you could chuck in another, you know, another one there and go all of the above because all of them had their, <laughs> their flow on effect. But 
Um, for me, it's probably going to go tactics and strategy. Like, for week one, week one we had so much success hitting that third um, attacker on the outside, and we know we knew that Ireland were going to make the changes, the difference, and they did that. They they put a, a Mahoney, a Van der Flair outside that last defender, so when that, the All Blacks went there, they got tackled and they were jackling over the ball and they were getting so much success there. So for me, it was tactics and strategy. They knew that Ireland were going to make the change there. They continued to go there and they got whacked on the nose and they didn't have a plan B. So mm. what is the plan B when they do hit that um, third attacker on the outside? Do they have an opportunity to go back to a, a attacker, a guy in the po- pivot in the pocket to be able to attack another seam? On Saturday, I didn't see that. And, and when you're hitting that last guy... It worked wonders in week one. We got so much success because Ireland didn't um, expect that. But when you go to week two, the only downfall from when you're hitting that last guide is you lose a cleaner. You lose that outside cleaner. You, you've only got an inside cleaner that has to be really effective. And if he gets checked and gets delayed, then that gives that opportunity for Ireland to get over the ball and jackal. And, and that's what I saw on the weekend. So for me, it's the question marks. I loved it because it worked in week one and it was a different picture. But if they're going to keep doing it, they need they need to have an out. Whereas you look at Ireland's, when they got Sexton, and they run across field, and they got a guy on the inside, they got guys on the outside, they got variations there. I want to know what the variations are when we hit that outside attacker, um, what we can play off from there. So for me, it will have to be tactic and strategy. Uh, I love it. And Kempe, I'll, um, I'll leave you with this one then, because, you know... Foster, the All Blacks, they've had months and months and months, and we lauded them last week, and Izzy spotted it bang on Monday morning. He came and gave us the analysis on that, hitting that third, that wider seam. But the All Blacks had months to prepare for that. You, you'd know what it's like, the weekly grind of coaching a top-flight team, Kempe. You have to adjust and you have to progress and innovate week in, week out, make subtle changes. Is it concerning? that from week A to week B, after they did all the hard work getting into week A and changed everything, there wasn't a subtle difference? 100%. And that's where he needs to go to as far as his coaching um, Fozzie. That's the difference between Andy Farrell and his coaching team and the and I reckon the European coaching teams at the moment and the All Blacks. The All Blacks are relying on things that worked for them in the past and they're not being innovative enough or quick enough to make those changes. I agree with Izzy 100%. Tactics and strategy. Man, get with the program, otherwise you're going to get further left behind. Even our kicking. Even our kicking. It's something that we've done so well, our kicking. Um, this week we just gifted the ball back to Ireland, gave them all the cards. We know how great they are with the ball, their retention. They look after the ball. They put, put us under pressure and they weren't making mistakes like they were in the previous test. So, yeah, tax and strategy. And I'm not blaming the coaches because uh, the players have to take some accountability too. There might have been uh, a different variations from it, but when things aren't going well, you tend to go into your shower and you feel like that there's no options. And that forces you to make unforced errors. And that's what we saw from the All Blacks, man. They were making errors that we haven't seen an All Blacks team make, you know, uh, dropping balls that, that were right in front of, or passes going behind the shoulders. So, look, lots to debate, and no doubt you at home will have lots to ask and, and questions about what you saw. So give us a call, 0800 150 811. The phone lines are open. The phone lines are open. This is your chance to query any concerns, any questions you'd love to ask. Myself, Kempe, 
or whatever, please give us a call. 0800 150 That was Louis Herman Watt. We'll be back shortly. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Quickly before we get to the phone lines, we had a message come from Dom about Hayden Wild. Hayden Wild winning over the weekend, the triathlon in Hamburg in Germany. Well done to Hayden. Some success for the Kiwis over there, mate, leading into the Commonwealth Games. Flying, what an absolute champion. He is Dom's favourite athlete. Appreciate that message, Dom. But uh, right now we're talking some All Blacks because Louis come on and he had his choices floor and pole. If you want to vote, head over to the app, the SCNZ app, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast and go to the choices floor and pole. What hurt the All Blacks the most on Saturday night? Discipline, execution, tactic, strategy and selections. Some great options there, and we're going to head over to the Kennard High phone line, and we're going to hear from our listeners. They're passionate, as always. Chris from Christchurch. Morning. Matey, is it cold or what down here? Oh, she's freezing, mate. I'm looking outside. She's cold, mate. But, no, hey, she be a little up, bit warmer than the, the All Blacks uh, environment at the moment, mate. What's happening? Yeah, and what's got me, what's got me so down... Is we've actually got an insight into the Irish DNA and that didn't even help and Joe Smith and not many people are talking about that. I, I thought that's our ace up the sleeve and it's turned out to be a dud. Mm. And and I mean, he's the one that sort of got this team on the roll and knows a bit more about them than anything and we're playing like we don't even know what's going on and, and, and I'm just 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 the basic of kicking. Every time you kick it you should land land for the green, but we're kicking just just for the hope of kicking. We're passing to a player that's in a worse position, so we're getting knocked back a yard or two. And we've just got to stop playing so much of the game inside our, you know, the 40. It's just, it's just crazy. We're not going to win. We're not going to win anything by doing that. And we don't, we don't seem to be changing. I don't know. That, that's pressure, Chris. That is pressure. And Ireland put them under pressure. And when you're under pressure, you, you do things that you regret. You make unforced errors. So... Uh, I totally agree. Like Joe Smith, he was obviously very influential week one. Did he have much of an influence week two? That's the question. It's terrible if he didn't. You know, he should be mm. he should be with this against this side here. He should be the one we listen to and all the players listen to just for this for this group right now for this test series. It should have been Joe Smith. We've got him. He's gold. If we if he's been sort of shut out because of egos, it's it's pretty sad, really. Yeah, no, I totally, I totally agree, and I love where you're coming from, mate. Be like Chris. Give us a call, 0800-150-811. Thank you very much for your call, Chris. Appreciate it. We've got another Chris from Christchurch. You're not related, are you? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> mate, you got a question on, on Rico. you got a question yeah, on Rico. Just, what do you got? Um, just one thing. I've seen a break here, mate, and instead of him going and drawing in the last man to give it to Fire Nooker, he ends up trying to go him, him and outside oh. around him. And get yep. tackled. What is it? Do you still think he's centre? Or because I don't see him. He doesn't look to pass. He looks to run. Like, he's a good runner, but he doesn't yep. look to hook up his guys. No, I, I know where you exactly came from because I've got a family chat and uh, my brother says, yeah, bro, just run your winger out of space, Rico, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, no. Look, an ideal situation, you want a, a centre to be a distributor and be able to have that passing game. That is Rico's probably uh, weakest part of his game. We know he's very good ball in hand. He's got speed to burn. He backs himself 100%. He never downplay that. But when there's an opportunity to set your outsides up, that is your number one priority. So for Rico, 
probably not impressed with that performance. And I've seen him when he ran that short ball outside, I think it was Bodie, and I think the opposition Irish guy got into him. And instead of worrying about the game, he actually gave a little bit of chat away. So the, the Irish were just getting under their skin, mate. Yeah. Is he back this week in Havili? Do you know? I think Harvilli will get an opportunity. Um, no, no disrespect to Quintu Pai, but I think Harvilli will make it. Um, there'll be question marks about uh, around where 10, if, if Bodie's going to hold that line or Richie Moonga. There's a lot of selections that will be made this weekend, mate. We really appreciate your call, Chris, coming through on the on the Kennard's Hire phone line, talking about Rico. Where does Rico play? Does he start this weekend? Is there any other changes? Let us know. Double eight, double three. We got Tim from Christchurch. He wants to talk about the All Blacks as well. Morning, Tim. How are you doing? Good, thank you. What do you got for us, bud? Well, oh, mate, like um, I'm a massive, massive rugby fan, and I try and watch every game I can. And um, as soon as we got that red card the other night, I just that turned off because it's becoming a farce. You know, like it, foul play is what should define a red a red card, and there's there's just no intent. Angus Tavell did everything he could to, to kind of get out of the way at, at pace, you know, like he did watch it in, in full speed but only for one little second, and you know, like how is a 120kg man going to stop and move out of the way when a guy changes his angle like that, you know? Yeah, no, nah, It was a shamble call, mate, obviously I, I couldn't believe it, it was an accident and we touched on it earlier, intent and deliberate that's where you got to start, the questions are there's no common sense and Look, it's the rest. It's not all the rest's fault because they are getting told from World Rugby that player safety is at the forefront of their minds, and uh, anything that touches the head, it starts from red and comes back. So we can't fault them, but World Rugby, they they need to take a look at themselves. Uh, we appreciate you coming through, Tim, mate. We'll keep those calls coming through because I'm going to have my uh, Izzy's bomb quad shortly, and hopefully I get um, some thoughts gone. And you, all the callers really want to rip in as well because I'm going to rip in. I'm going to rip in in a couple of minutes. Not too much, but I'm just going to have my Get say. Get in there, son. Go on. On what I saw on the weekend. We'll be back shortly. And to win a Tesla Model 3 when you buy Lipo sachets at Chemist Warehouse. Enter online. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Izzy's Bomb Squad. Well, where do I start? Saturday night at Foresight Bar would have to be the most bizarre game of rugby I've ever had to watch. Before I get into the clinic Ireland put on and their win over the All Blacks, history making in fact, I want to comment on the current state of rugby from an official point of view. We are constantly looking at games, uh, ways to make the game safer and more attractive to the eye for fans, which is great. But what I witnessed on Saturday was the total opposite. Constant interruptions from touch judges and TMOs, rulings and decisions, which for me were quite embarrassing. The game has gone too far, and common sense is not even a part of the equation. Look at the intercept in the England-Australia game. Wow. Something needs to change, or quite simply, the downward spiral rugby fans will continue to dwindle. But in saying that, I'm not going to take away Ireland's class on Saturday night. They were... By far the superior team that took week one's loss and made the necessary adjustments needed to be effective in Dunedin. Those adjustments forced New Zealand to look for answers on the bounce and quite simply forced them into unforced and uncharacteristic mistakes. Plan A that worked absolute wonders in week one was exposed week two 
and the All Blacks didn't seem to have a plan B up their sleeves. From what I'm gathering is people have quite simply had enough. So the question is, who is to blame? World Rugby and officiating for turning the game into a stop-starty card extravaganza? Or do we as public, knowing what Ted Henry and co. did after 27, 2007 World Cup, trust this team, knowing what happened four years later? Or is it the players who are actually out there doing and playing the game? Do we blame them? Or is it the New Zealand Rugby Union in the back room? Do they have a lot to answer for? Those are the questions. Give us a call, 0800 150 The phone lines are open. The text messages are flowing through. We'll be back shortly to delve into that. That was Izzy's Bomb Squad. Give us a call, 0800 150 Love to hear from you. Back shortly. Here's Aroha. Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SCNZ Monday, the 11th of July. It's great to have you a part of our show. I ended my bomb squad and I asked who is to blame. And there's a lot of, obviously, a lot of blame going on the coaches and um, people, you know, demanding questions and answers and, and things like that. And I think back to 2007 when Graham Henry. Wayne Smith, Steve Hansen, they lost the World Cup in 2007. They showed them the faith, the trust. And then they had a squad that was freakish back in 07. They got the, uh, the faith and the trust from the NZRU. Not all the public were happy, but they went on four years later to win the World Cup and go back to back. So, uh, yeah, there's some food for thought there. Some food for thought. And I've asked the questions, and there's a few messages coming through on double eight double three. Good morning. The game has become a series of forensic investigations with the side dish of rugby. That is from Kimberly. It sure has, Kimberly. Great message on 10 for Bedpost Text Machine. Another one here, Kempe. You want to read a couple of those, Kempe? Yeah, mate. There's a, well, there's a text machine's been going crazy, in it, this morning. Um, here we go here. Sadly, we have players in the ABs either not performing or struggling with the game plan. If we have a plan, it's either not working, too complicated, or not got team buy-in. Time for a coaching clean-out. It should have happened after 2019. Imagine where this team would be. Man, this... <laughs> I'll tell you what, that's the other question, and you know mm. that's going to come, Izzy, all week, is around the coaching, around Razor. Like, I, I watched Razor this morning. He's over in Fiji, I think it is at the moment. It was a holiday. They got, they got him as he's walking out of the ground, talking about the game, and... You know, people will be starting to say, mate, we, can, we need to sign him now. We need to bring him in. You know, I reckon that's that's going to come up this week. What do you think? Yeah, oh, 100%, mate. They're already coming up. Like, uh, the questions have been asked, and, and you know, Fozzie's operating. He's lost six games at the helm and operating at 
But um, yeah, whether change will make the difference, maybe, maybe not. Look, it's it's a question that needs to be asked, and the the phone lines are open. So eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. We got Will on the line. He wants to talk about the lose four trio. Morning, Will. Morning, guys. How's it going? Very good, thank you. Thanks for calling in. What do you got for us, mate? Yeah, first off, I've got to give uh, credit to Ireland for the way they defended. Yeah, they uh, just hit everything that moved. It was very similar to 2018, where we just couldn't get any momentum. But I think where the All Blacks domestic really failed was picking three open side flankers. I know the red card obviously didn't help that balance, but in the first 20 minutes, we were just getting smashed at the breakdown. And I just don't think that balance is uh, quite right for him. Do you, do you feel like, I know you you must be out there on the highway, you got a bit of a traffic in the background, mate, but talking to traffic, do you think the selection of Patrick Tuipalotu was uh, the right one um, going forward? Did you feel like he could have added a difference, maybe started him at in lock and, and put Scott Barrett, knowing how successful he was on the blind side? Yeah, I think in hindsight they would started him, but obviously coming off one club game, yeah. they really weren't sure what was going to be in the tag. But I just think someone like a Luke Jacobson or a Cullen Grace in that loose yeah. board trail would have had the balance, balance a bit better. You know, like you've got Hardy Savir, who's a you know, free spirit player. Yeah. Then you, you kind of just need a, you know, a guy that can jump in the line out, a guy that can just hit rucks and add mm-hmm. a bit of size to that dynamic. Oh. Beautiful. Well, well, we appreciate you coming on, mate. There's some food for thought. It's a different dynamic for... Uh, for the All Blacks, Kempe, you got Cullen Grace. Cullen Grace, who's going to play tomorrow night for the Māori All Blacks. How influential he was he for the Crusader side, and particularly in that game in Hamilton for the Māori All Blacks, mate. Someone like him. You reckon the AB's looking at him? Well, you'd have to think so. You'd, you'd have to mm. think that they're going to change that forward pack around because it got smashed on the weekend. Yeah. One of the things from the last caller... Um, I, th- I actually thought that Fozzie and them would go back to their first starting team. I know that you had that COVID problem, and they yep. did really well, the boys, in that first test. But he should have gone back to his strength, which was the team that he was going to originally pick when he had all the numbers back on deck. That was a, that was a strategy. So you don't, your strategy changed overnight in, the, in that seven days, didn't it? You probably had Havili who was starting at 12. You had Goodhue who was starting at 13. You had a different mix around the, around the bench. And then all of a sudden, COVID hits. They go into an all-black team. Ireland, you know, they started really well. They got out to a jump, out to a start, and then they just made too many errors and they couldn't get home. It went totally the opposite against the same team the following week. And I thought one of the best changes that he would have made was go back to your original selections. Mm-hmm. Go back to the team that you've been working with right up until kickoff. And I think that's what's going to happen this week. I think Callum Grace, mate, I, I love what you just said. Like, put Scotty Barrett back on the side of the scrum. Like he was close to their best player in that first test. Like taking him different positions, eh, is, as you know, playing in a, as a Lucy player is a lot. Totally different positions. And, uh, you know, you're taking your strength away when you're adding, you know, like you said, you had two Pulutu who could have gone into lock and left Scotty Barrett on the, on the side, of the, side of the scrum because that worked. So it'd be interesting mm-hmm. to see what they come up with as, as their, um, their starting side this week. I think it's going to be really important. Yeah, oh, mate, honestly, the biggest loss that the All Blacks, I feel like they've, they're missing is Sam Watlock. And how influential is he on the park? And we just, mate, he's been around forever. Fionks is Sammy Watlock. And just his leadership in those key moments, he would have been so effective when they were under so much pressure. He would have 
he would have been a real calming influence. Going to get to Ed from Tolaga Bay. He wants to talk a bit about the All Blacks. Morning, Ed. Oh, what on the brother? Morning, morning, mate. You're up. You're up. What do you got for us, All Blacks, mate? You got any any great? So when you're you're losing the game, start a fight. Yeah. Keeper, <laughs> <laughs> you'll know that one. Oh, uh, mate, it's, it's it's not no. no I'm just here, kidding, mate. brother. <laughs> it's not it's it's not mate, the pony. Bro, we ten players. <laughs> bro, back in Tolga Bay, Cathy, that's what we used to do. But uh, I'm not playing for Tolga Bay anymore. <laughs> no, can Cathy, they come no, back? Lucy's can... To iron out that first five, cuz iron them out. Yeah, who who are you thinking? Who are you thinking and why? Who who's going to be the first five? Oh, oh, it doesn't matter. Whoever's the Lucy, that's the job. Iron that follow up. And any mm. of those runners that are coming in, man, be like Jerry or be like Kano, smash them. Don't you do that. That's all i got to say, brother. Beautiful, beautiful, Ed. He's just wanting a bit of a physicality, physical aspect coming to the game, which is totally right, mate. They got out-muscled. And look, they just look a lot smaller than the Irish outfit, Kempi, mate. They're just a different shape, different bodies, eh? They were just getting out-muscled. Oh, even their heads. Like, you look at their mm. faces, they're scary, mate. They'd scare kindergarten kids walking mm. past them, you know what I mean? They, everything about the Irish were just different. And I, I thought the contact, I thought in the first week that the contact space, the collision space, was really brutal. And on the on, on Saturday night, the Irish owned that. And that's, you know, that's test football, you know, like... When we said they needed to adjust their defensive line for that Aaron Smith pass, when they went that, to that wide runner and they hit that they hit that defender, the Irish stopped them in their tracks. There was no bending of the line like there was in the first test. So, you know, that's all about an attitude thing and, and a shift that their strategy happened over that week and it happened really quick. Um, that's what the good, a good coach does is he makes, that, he makes that change and gets on with it and gets his team to buy into it. And it's really interesting when we're speaking to Bernard. That's what he, he, he just texted me over Twitter and he said, I, I talked to a lot of the boys and they really like Andy Farrell. He's got them. And that's, I think that's a difference, mate. You know, like they're actually wanting to play for Andy Farrell. Yeah, yeah, 100%, mate. Oh, honestly, I, could, I can get that from him just watching his, his comments pre and post, mate. He's an absolute champion um, coming through. So we'll keep those callers coming through on the Ken Artire phone line, Kempi, because. Everyone wants to say, give us a call, 0800-150-811. There's heaps of messages too. We'll get to those shortly after John from Auckland. He wants to have his say on the ABs. What do you got, John? Morning. Yeah, morning, morning. Hey, um, morning. just looking at that, just that, looking at that Irish attacking, um, you know, attacking line, you yep. see that there's about three or four defenders that come forward and then yep. the ball goes out the back and then it kind of discombobulates the defence. That's mm. what I'm seeing. And a lot of that has to come from um, Farrell's rugby league background, yeah. you know, and and that quick recycle that Ireland are seeming to get, um, you know, I don't want to. Sam Kane's a beautiful man, but he's not getting any turnovers. I had I didn't see him get one turnover, and that's mm-hmm. his job as a number seven. Um, yeah. And how how embarrassing was it when Omani just gave him a spray, mate? I know about mate. I was um that. being a. Yeah, being a crap Richie McCall, and he did nothing. <laughs> like he's he's gonna have to stand up this weekend, Sam King. Yeah, how yeah. Be if yeah, the Maori that, All Blacks win their series. That's a that's a really good point. You know, like when you're facing up in in those games, as you know, like confrontational too. Like Andy Farrell's really confrontational, so he makes everything happen quick. 
He wants his defensive line to move quick. He wants his ruck to to be very aggressive. Um, and like his, his start to the game's very quick, you know what I mean? And what that is, is basically he's saying to his boys, I just want you to be really confrontational and enjoy the, those those moments. And if you get a chance, like Amani did, and said and say, you're, you're crap Richard McCall, you make sure that that guy, he, he knows what you mean and that you mean it. And that's the that's when you're looking at this Irish team, John, that's the difference is that you've you want to be on the green horse at the moment because the green horse is jumping out and, and getting too big a lead. Mm. Yeah. Nah. Imagine if the Māori All Blacks win the series and the All Blacks Ooh. don't. Oh, there be a lot of questions that need to be asked, answered, mate. Um, we appreciate you coming through on jo uh, John, mate. Thank you so much for your call. But Kempi, you touched on it right then and there. See, Papali's one thing you know when you're in the when you're in the All Blacks, mate. You never feed the fire, you never stoke the fire, you never feed the beast. And Papali's comments pre that test saying he's going to come out and, and be the enforcer and lay people out and, and put them on their back, and then he doesn't, it backfires. Now Peter Omahani, he's come out and done the same with Sammy Kane. He stoked the beast, he stoked the fire. I'm expecting a backlash, and John's just touched on it this week. He says, Sammy Kane's under a lot of pressure, we know that. He's under a lot of pressure. I'm expecting him to come out and put on an absolute performance. If not, absolutely snot someone, get some turnovers, and just put on a bit of a clinic. He has to because mm. the loose forward uh, trio of Ireland have stoked the fire. And if I, seen a little bit of frustration. I saw a little bit of frustration too, eh, in, in Sammy mm. Kane. You know, like he was, everything wasn't going his way. He's always going up to the referee. There's people going sent off and... And I could see that little shift in him getting started. I was watching him go into a couple of rucks, and I was thinking, mate, you need that without getting frustrated. That's the type mm. of player you need to become. Like, harness that energy and just deliver it like Richie, Richie McCall. You don't know think about Richie McCall? Mate, he never said anything. Nah, nothing. He just said, he just ran out. And the whole of the world and the country, the country was like, anything. that's our captain. Yeah, man, let's, let's, everyone's going to ride your back. And he used to just go and deliver, mate. And that's what, that's what needs to happen. Mate, honestly, that guy is just a freak. Absolute freak of a beast. And some of the things he did, you're just like, wow, that is why you are Richie McCall. couple of messages on the Temper Bear Post text machine, Kempe. Can I ask Izzy and Kempe, what is it like to play a test when you feel under pressure? For form or your team, as or your team is down in the series compared to normal. As a follow up, how much say, if any, do players have into game plans? Thanks, guys. That is from Paul Kempe. Your your answer to that one. Well, yeah. Well, we never had really first class coaches, so as players, our senior players had a massive say in our in our game plan. Um, but I, I, you know, I tell you what happens is when you're in a test match, is that it changes if you are chasing. Your whole mindset changes. When you're on top, you've got this winning attitude. You know nothing's going to go wrong. But when you see, we played against a kang a kangaroo side that was the greatest ever, mm. and we were always chasing. Your mindset's like, man, if we can just get to this this part of the game, we're a chance. Where the kangaroos had, well, we're going to get to this this part of the game. You're going to chase us all day. And I think that's the difference at the moment. The shift, the mindset in the world, rugby, around the All Blacks aura is disappearing. Like, it, it's mm. it's still there, is it? Your days, the day, you know, the early 2000s, the, that aura. But what's happening over the last couple of years is 
like like as like I said to Bernard, that respect that you had for the All Blacks, knowing mm. that we might get a win today, it's gone. Like they know if they show up and they play right, and he was talking about some some tactical stuff. Then they got to certain parts of the field which you'd never get to. It's gone and it's disappearing, and that for me is the real scary part. Because yeah. then we just become a team like Aussie, mate. What, what happens if we go on a run like Aussie? I haven't seen the Bledders for 400 years. Wow. Imagine <laughs> that, that in this country. Mate, <laughs> <Right>, that'll <laughs> be hurt. But then, then after a while, you know, uh, will it be okay? Will it be, would it be mediocrity be accepted? You know, like it's it's crazy. I can't even believe we're having these conversations. But hey, it's sport and and there's been a lot of the messages coming through and just saying, look, Ireland were the better side. And you have to say that. You have to applaud the better side. And, and I totally agree. Ireland were the better side. They come here, they prepared well, and they had a game plan that put us under a, a lot of pressure. So for me, um, when you feel under pressure from your team, you know, answering that question from Paul, you do feel the pressure. And when you feel the pressure, you can tend to go into your shell and you probably lose uh, your instinctual part of your game because you're afraid of making mistakes because you're already under pressure so you lose a New Zealander a, a Kiwi rugby player's what what's his greatest attribute is playing free willing rugby and just following his instincts so you, you probably get a bit of sense of that you get a bit of sense of that when the, when the pressure was on them they probably went away and, and got taken away from their game and do players have a lot of say in, in the game yes they do they, they are the drivers they are the ones playing the game they are the ones that have to um, you know, apply the game to, to actions. And, yeah, so they have a big influence on the game plan and, and what it's all about. So appreciate those messages coming through. we got Mark from Sydney. He wants to have his little say on the All Blacks. Kempe, we'll get Mark on. Morning, Mark. Morning, Morena, boys. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you doing, bud? What do you got Good. for us? Well, it's bloody cold here in Sydney, that's for sure. I mean, I'm born and raised here, but I used to live in New Zealand for 15 years. My mum was from Murchison. It was just as cold as New Zealand. It's not colder right now. Oh, boy. Like my, da- like my dad always said, they freeze the nuts off a brass monkey, this type of weather. <laughs> but anyway, I, I would like to uh, sort of build on what Louis said. I think the tactics and strategy was a big letdown for the All Blacks, but I think... To me, at least, one of the biggest things that let them down was their execution. I mean, it's like they let penalties go that shouldn't have happened. They missed uh, passes that they shouldn't never have missed on their best day. And if it wasn't for the barracks, I think uh, New Zealand would have got beat a whole lot more worse. And I just think there needs to... Um, the All Blacks are in a better place than the Warriors right now, in that. They have the ability and they have the experience with regard to both the administration, the coaches and the players to see where they're going wrong and put it right in a hurry. problem with the Warriors is they've dragged out their problems too, light, too long with regard to having the wrong people in administration, the wrong people coaching and the wrong people on the field. And that's taken years, literally, for them to realise that and put it right. So I think the All Blacks very quickly need to do a big house cleaning with regard to examining where they're going wrong and putting it right, and they've got the ability to do it more quickly than the Warriors. Beautiful, beautiful, Marky. Appreciate you coming on, mate. Pretty spot on. A little clean-out, you reckon? Clean-out well, They've got five days. They've got five days to get it right. If not, and well, the axes will be welded. I'll tell you that, mate. Appreciate your call on 0800 Everyone's call's coming through. The, the phone line's running hot. And where's the gamers? And where's the game? Wellington. Wellington, Kempe. You know what? I said I'd eat my hat if they lose a series about two months ago. Oh, I'm a bit nervous now. A little bit nervous. Oh, anyway, 
Double eight, double three, a couple of messages here. We're going to shoot off and we'll come back and read a couple of those. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thank you so much for all the calls coming through. Keep them coming. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Oh, just having a wee giggle here. Just having a wee giggle. Uh, got a message coming through. Don't mention ABs and Warriors in the same sentence. We lost one game, for God's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> it's referring to Mark. Leave your name. Leave your name. That was, a, What's that? That yeah. was from Mark Robinson, mate. <laughs> yeah. It's from Mark Which one? Robinson. Which one, though? Which one? <laughs> I, was, I was tending to agree with that message here because I was listening to Mark come through. He's talking about the Warriors and then I was like, hey, don't, 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 don't. Because last week I was. Uh, a copy of a bit of heat, eh? Because we were talking to Warriors all week. But that's all right. Today, the, the All Blacks lost. The All Blacks lost, and uh, we need to talk about it. There's a few messages coming through. Morning, boys. Whilst Ireland were a lot better, the ABs were pretty bloody average. We seem to lack a really strong leader, and that starts at the top. But we will bounce back. That is from John. Appreciate your message. Hi, guys. Nothing against the Hucker, but maybe ABs are slow starters using up all that energy doing the Hucker. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, nah, nah, look, oh, maybe after the hucker, gone are the days of going back to a huddle and, and being inactive, maybe just, you know, I just looked at Ireland and when, what they did, look, after a loss, you're always going to look for answers and you're always going to look at all the smallest things and going to critique it and question it, um, but yeah, look, that's, the hucker hasn't been a, a problem for many, many years, Kempi, so I, I don't think that's, no. that's, a, that's a problem. No, not at all. I think I think what you've got to do is you know, look like tactically you've got to let the team know you've got to be up to their level right from the kickoff and you just get yourself yeah. ready. You know yourself when you come up against teams like that that try and blow you off the field in the first yeah. twenty minutes. If you don't match them for intensity, you're going mm-hmm. to cop it. So that's you know that's a, that's an individual. You've got to get to to one hundred and five seconds. You cannot wait yeah. five minutes. You've got to get there right from the start. Totally agree, totally agree. It's that indif- individual uh, responsibility. You've got to get yourself where it all begins, and that's off the kickoff, mate. If you're caught off guard, which Ireland caught the All Blacks off guard, then you know what happened. 7-0 down two weeks in a row, and you can't do that against top nations. Brett from Huntley, he's always got something uh, to say on sport. He's particularly cricket, but he loves his rugby as well, mate. Morning, Brett. Hey, brother. Um... He hasn't, Ian Foster hasn't lost the changing room. I think it's unfair for us as fans to say, you know, throw out comments like that because we're not in that inner sanctum, bro. But yep. far out, he's lost the country. Mm. Yep, yep. As no, us as supporters. Um, if an AB had done what Omani had done, can you imagine the world media getting stuck into mm. us? Yeah. Hey, with, with throwing out, oh, the ABs are arrogant and stuff like that because well, bro, I haven't played at, at your level but I, I liken being in, in the All Blacks to being the shield holder because everyone is going to come for you bro yeah yeah, 100% yeah for sure so, I, I, that's, that, that was our mentality week in week out when you represent the All Blacks you know for a fact doesn't matter if you're playing uh, Georgia they're going to come for you and they're going to try and put you off your game I think and as, as fans like this a lot of a lot of fans have not seen improvement in attack mm. since the Lions series yep. when that rush defence turned up on our shores and then we still haven't found a, a way to consistently make other teams go, oh, we can't do that against these guys anymore. Mm. 
Uh, you're pretty on the money there, Brett, mate. Appreciate it. Uh, look, he's dead right. Uh, we've wave and he and he's he's right about the Foster situation too because as a head coach, like in all honesty, if I'm going to be completely honest, Razor would wouldn't be a, a great assistant coach. I can tell you that right now, and right mm. right here to you, Kempi, because an assistant coach is more hands on. So with Foster, he's been an assistant, and look honestly, he was great as assistant. I love what he's about. He's a head coach now. As a head coach, you've got to be in a helicopter view. Your assistants are the ones running attack, lineouts, and, and scrums, and all the game plan style of thing. But you never really hear them getting thrown out and names calling, get rid of them. Obviously, Foster picks the assistants, but the pressure has to go on the assistants and their uh, style and the way that they're running the game. So, look, we're going to shoot off, Kempi. We'll come back. We're going to shoot off in here from Aroha with the news. We'll come back and we'll rip into a few more messages and we'll get your answer from Brett and what he had to say on the Kinatai phone line. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Welcome back three times in one day. I can't believe it. He's answering his phone, and we appreciate him coming on. Louis Herman, what? He just can't stay away. Choices, flooring, poll results coming through. Morning, Louis, for the third time. How are you, brother? You actually can't keep me away today, mate. I am fascinated hearing the pulse of a nation. Um, oh, I've got so many thoughts. I got too many thoughts for. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, got t- <laughs> I got I got so many thoughts. Honestly, like this is um, like we are in uncharted territory. Do you know one of my favourite things that somebody has said today is, uh, Brett. He said we can't comment on whether Foster's lost the sheds, but we know that he's lost the country, and I just think that's so poignant because. We're in uncharted territory now. Like, we haven't lost faith in a national coach like this in a long time. It has happened once or twice. Um, There's been comparisons to, look, this is where the Silver Ferns were before Nolene Tauroa came in. And Mm. eventually the governing body needs to swallow their pride and admit they've made a mistake. It's not a discussion for today, boys, but I do really want to know like what the crisis talks are like at the brass and New Zealand from the brass at New Zealand rugby like conceivably if something really drastic needed to happen in the coaching space do they have a contingency is Joe Schmidt the fullback option uh we've seen Wayne Smith come in and take over the Black Ferns like what would the contingency be and I know that might sound like uh, irresponsible just to be floating out there as a hypothetical, but boys, we're 50% in our last eight games. There's uh, last eight tests. There's 10 test matches left this year, right? We've got All Blacks Ireland, obviously. We've got two against Argentina at home. We have got the Bledisloe at Eden Park, then we go to South Africa, Izzy, and I know you've been looking at these two tests for a long time out. We go on a really hard road trip, two to South Africa, we go to Melbourne to play the follow-up Bledisloe, then the end-of-year tour, we play Wales, who aren't the same Wales that we played on the end-of-year tour last year. We play Scotland, which, no offence to Scotland, but we will handle, but then we finish with England. We've got 10 tests, 
And I'm looking at this thinking, do you know what? If I was tab.co.nz, would I open a book at even money for us to win 50% of them? And that's just extremely troubling. Mm. Yeah, no, you're on the policy, Louis. And one thing we touched on earlier on before we got into the crux of things and Foster come on, he wanted consistency in selections. Consistency in selections. And, and COVID affected has made that a, a bit of a shambles from the get-go. But this week, this week, do we see those consistency of selections with the 10 position, does Bodie still retain, retain the helm? Does Will Jordan come into the fold and get his opportunity? Does David Harvelli take over the centre pairing? Does Scotty Barrett go back to the blind side? Like, what is... At the moment, we still don't know what is our best team. And it's uh, it's quite baffling, really. Yeah. yeah look, no. I, think he, I think he's got to go to the... He's got to go and find the best team that he was going to start with before the COVID... Um, situation, you know, if it, if you're sitting there as in, you know, there's an Irish player and he names the same team again after you've just told them up the following week, I mean, you've got a big smile on your face if you're an Irish, if you're an Irishman. So I, I'm expecting a number of changes to be made. Yep, 100%. Louis, Louis, that's, um, a, that's a great question. Great question yep. about the advisors and, and what they're thinking. How about we send Kez or Joe upstairs, eh? Go upstairs, <laughs> boys, get into NZR and see what they're doing. All right, that's your job today. Put them in, um, put them in body armor and send them into New Zealand rugby and look, just ask. Like, but well, you're so right, Izzy. Selection. We spoke about it. Selection was going to be had to be consistent. And look, the choices flooring poll result. That's what I'm here to do. The choices flooring room view program takes the guesswork out of choosing flooring. Upload your favorite floor today. Uh, selection wasn't what what people thought hurt the All Blacks the most on Saturday night. Izzy, you were on the money. I completely agreed. Tactics and strategy, 60% of the vote. Discipline, 23%. Execution, 6 Selection, 9 There are a couple of ways they can go with selection. Will Jordan will start on the right wing, I'm pretty sure. I think you can obviously expect change in the midfield. First five, I think they'll stay with Bowden. And then the loose forwards and front row. We can discuss it and debate it all week long. But tactics and strategy, your choice of flooring winner for what hurt the All Blacks the most on Saturday night. Bang, bang. Does does Louis before you shoot off and Kempe, does Caleb Clark come in and play left wing? Or do they go Severis? Severis. Severis? Yeah, I think you keep I think you keep Severis there too, mate. And the problem with being on the back foot all game is your wingers ain't gonna shine. It doesn't really matter who you got out there. So it's not that's not where the changes need to be made. They need to be made up front. Beautiful, beautiful. I'm just a bit wary, boys. I'm just a bit I'm just a little bit like you know, left wing is different to the right wing. You know, you need different foot, different fend. I'm just just a bit questionable about whether Sebu can shift to the left. You know, obviously from the outside looking in, you think it's a simple transition, but it's actually not. It's quite difficult going from right wing to left wing. So, be interesting to see what the All Blacks coaches. You have to select um, reward um, you know, consistency, and Sebu Reese has probably been our consistent. Player over the last couple of weeks and, and months for sure. Appreciate you coming on, Louis. Uh, we'll get you back tomorrow, my mate. Thank Talk you. Tomorrow, boys. Have a good day. Pun hard. Well done. Thank you. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> Louis Herman Watt coming through with Choices Floor and Poll. few messages here, uh, Kempi. We've got to shoot off because we got Niall Williams coming up shortly, and she's an absolute champion. Love Niall, and she's going to the Commonwealth Games shortly for our Seven Sisters. And we've had her on before. So we'll shoot off and we'll come back and chat to Niall and then we'll rip into about 
28,000 text messages, eh? <laughs> yeah, at least 30. <laughs> All right, mate. You're listening to Ozzy and Kempi for breakfast. Matt Shirley. Support your skin health and shop Swiss skincare men's range from only $8.79 at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. We're 15 away from nine before we cross over to Smithy. We'll no doubt have a big show for you. So stay tuned and hear from the Ian Stockley Schmidt. But right now we're going to talk to Niall Williams. He's an absolute champion. The Commonwealth Games are only weeks away, and our sevens teams are locked and loaded on more gold medal success. For our friend Niall Williams, it's a chance to get back to the biggest stage and a second chance at the sport she loves with the, t- with the team she loves. Niall is back on the show this morning. Morena, Niall. Morena, boys. How are we? We are good. We've Hi. been busy because what unfolded on Saturday, but we don't need to touch about that, mate. We're talking about you. <laughs> We're going to talk about you and your preparations two weeks out from the Commonwealth Games, mate. How, how are you going? Yeah, not too bad. Um, obviously, after the Oceania competition, um, I think uh, a lot of the nerves were kind of dropped. That that was probably the height of the nerves because we were all going up against each other trying to claim those spots. Um, but no, yeah, um, pretty much the preparation's been going good. Um, the first lot of girls actually fly out today, the second lot tomorrow, yep. and then I'm on with the third lot on Wednesday. You know how it is when your mum's got to try and stay, hang around as long as you can, eh? <laughs> Fair enough, you got the mother duty. But, mate, how was that, that situation when you're playing each other? It was a pretty successful tournament in the end, but playing against your mates and players that you know and you understand their game, was, was that difficult? Oh, I guess probably if you're new it would probably be difficult you would have been lippy as a yeah you know what like (laughs) i mean like yeah we play each other every day so i think for me you when you get to play the best in the world you know and obviously i was in the black team so it was almost like a possibles versus probables and i was definitely in the um possibles (laughs) team so um i came up against you know gossy and kelly and Mm. All of those girls. So, now nah, for me, it was a good test um, just to probably see where I was at personally. Um, yep. But I got to practice my defense a lot because we probably had about 20%, posi- 20% of position in most games, which wasn't very good. <laughs> but, hey, you take the best from the worst, eh? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> lots of running, Niall. Lots of running. That's what, you, that's what you're there for. So, you'll be nice and fit going into the Com Games and defense hardened. Hey, uh, just talk to us about being an ambassador for Sheragrin. Our friends, the Chemist Warehouse, are also involved, aren't they? So tell us about a, a bit about that. Yeah, um, when they came, when they asked me to be a part of the campaign, I definitely couldn't turn it down. It was such a cool campaign, you know, going into schools, communities. I think that thing I like the best about them is, you know, they are, um, you know, if you go into a supermarket, um, Countdown, New World, Pack and Save, and you buy a green product, you're going to donate a toothbrush, you know, to a to a Kiwi kid and need up to 100,000 toothbrushes, which is amazing. But for me, it's the fact that they've got someone like me with them and mm. we're going into schools and we're actually giving them knowledge about oral health care rather than just saying, here's a toothbrush, you'll be sweet. Because everyone knows what a toothbrush is, but mm. you know, no one knows that the number one cause of people with an accident and emergency is kids' teeth, you know, because it's poor oral health. Like, we, we don't know those stats. And, them going, us going in and giving them knowledge and me trying to make it a little bit more cool and fun, um, <laughs> you know, it really helps our kids and, and just kind of, 
I guess giving me, I always say knowledge is power. So when they know you've got to brush your teeth for, for two minutes, when they know, you know, flossing is just a, as important as, as um, brushing, like all those little things, we build habits around them to hopefully, you know, prepare them and they take with them, you know, into adulthood. It's so important. But what about, one thing I've noticed about you, Noel, and I love that about you, and, and not only just you, all the Wahine girls around the, our sports teams, mate, you really get involved and get into the community. Is that someone that, something that's instilled into the environment when, when you get in, in, a, in a part of it? Yeah, it's definitely, you know, in our women's team, um, a big part of us um, is, you know, leaving a legacy, but also um, one that we mm. can be proud of and, we don't want to just be known as, as as rugby players. We just want we want to use our platform to, to to go bigger and better than just winning trophies on a World Series or you know titles and things like that. You want to go to the local rugby or whatever community it might be, and and then know because you've gone and helped them do a sausage sizzle or or whatever it may be, read books and things like that. It's it's real important to us, and I think that's how you know we connect more, and that's when you say you have fans, and then you have actual loyal supporters who know you who have had a chat with you, you know, and actually, to be fair, sometimes it is as small as that, like you just, you're just having chats with random parents, you know, on the sideline at your kids' rugby game, but that, that leaves an impression, so, yeah, definitely in our environment, we, we strive to, to, to do well in that, that area. Oh, you girls do it extremely well, mate, it's great to see on the socials. Um, quickly, before we let you go, comms games coming up, Who, who's the biggest threat, who's the biggest threat for you and the girls? Oh, it's got it's got to be Aussie and Fiji, man. You know, I think Aussie or those young girls coming through, they're definitely starting to gel really well, and they've had obviously mm. their comp going on inside Australia, so they'll be definitely one to look out for. And you can never ever, you know, count out our Fijian Fijiana ladies, man. They're just wow. their skill set is another level, and and they've really gone away. And you know, I'm I'm good mates with a few of them, and they've just been like hissing in their fitness and stuff so it's a little bit scary but hey you want to beat the best to be the best so it's nothing better than the you know playing against those girls for sure what about Papua Good New luck. Guinea in the Fiji game 152-0 that was sad eh oh I think the saddest part was too when I seen a girl go for a, a like a intercept and she knocked it down and the rest gave her 10 in the bin the Papua New oh, Guinea I saw like, that too <laughs> at least that one fly eh you know, I was like, man, they're getting hiding and you send her off. I know. Oh. I felt sorry for them. I actually know some PNG girls, you know, and some of those girls on the, in the seventh team, they would kill it. Hopefully they yeah. can get some of them over there too. Help them uh, out. <laughs> well, we appreciate you coming on, Niall. You're an absolute champ. Hey, go well at the Com Games. Um, and, and thank you for sharing your story on Shira Grin. Great work that you're doing in schools. Oral health care is hugely important. Thank you so much, Niall. Thanks, boys. Have a good day. Awesome. Nizzle. Nizzle Williams. Absolute champion. Hopefully they can go over there and get gold. We're going to shoot away. We're going to come back. We're going to read a few messages and we're going to catch up with Smithy. It's been a busy show and the text messages just keep on flying in. Back shortly. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.